0: ready hit that bad boy music you- Once again welcome to another episode of the list my name is brett on the other end of the tin cannon string as always is jordan jordan how is your christmas weekend how's hanukkah going all that good stuff
1: uh well hanukkah has been over for a couple days thank you um the weekend was good i got to see a dolphin win i got to see a heat win uh so this is a miami sports victory tuesday so happy how was yours
0: Overall, it was good. You know, there was some family drama that went on, but it was a good weekend. And, of course, as you know, next – tomorrow, I am on my way down to Somerville, South Carolina, to see my dad and also hang out with our good friend, producer extraordinaire, Zach Jackson as well. I know Zach is really looking forward to that. Andrew Van Van Ginkle. Andrew Van Ginkle. And we have that soundbite now because it's gone viral. Andrew Van Ginkle, keeping up his very, very strong season. Andrew Van Ginkle. Ginkle. Andrew Van Ginkle.
1: What's funny is that I love that that clip. Yeah, what's funny about it is that I've been sending that clip out to people since the day we drafted him. I have had that saved in my phone. I've been sending it. um, And finally, that clip is starting to really blow up. And it just, it joys me so much.
0: Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, also, to go along with uh, the uh, holiday festivity, of course, as you know, I watched the uh, game with my little brother, who is a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, yeah, how was S- So I was a little mad because they made me... I started watching it live, and they made me rewind it because they missed the first drive, so I, ha- I was a little behind for a bit. But my little brother has said that while he is not converting to a Dolphins fan, the Dolphins are now his official AFC team. So a mini mini uh victory for us but he also went and bought me that hoodie that slick dolphins uh, gen 1 hoodie that Mike McDaniel's been wearing recently too so I was very happy about that
1: well oh, that's a nice gift did he get one for himself since he's now a dolphin fan
0: no but he did get a Dak Prescott jersey which they gave him the day after the game and of course he Good. joked if he had that jersey during the game they would have won um I don't think that's the case and for those living under a rock of course the dolphins complete with our fake Gucci bag beat the Dallas Cowboys 22 to 20 so step 1 of our uh, weekend was successful locking up a playoff spot we were talking a little bit before Andrew and we did there was a scenario where we could have locked up the one seed this weekend with a win over Baltimore of course that was with balt to, for that to become a reality Baltimore had to lose last night, which didn't happen, but this was a statement win because it felt like everybody was dunking on the Dolphins last week.
1: Yeah, this was definitely, I think, the grittiest win the Dolphins have had to have. Um, and I think that this is the game we've all been kind of looking for the Dolphins to have. Uh, everything wasn't perfect. Everything didn't go right. Um, but you were able to play a game where Tua didn't turn the ball over. Well... um, I guess he fumbled once, but didn't lose it, um, but didn't throw an interception, was only sacked one time. Um, The numbers weren't overly, overly impressive, um, but they did enough to win. They made a drive when it counts late in the game. Um, They got a stop when they needed to get a stop. Um, And I I think that it was a a good, gritty win um, that felt like a playoff game being there. Uh, And I think it also... Um, showed the Dolphins they can win a tough game.
0: Yep. So before we get in the game, I do want to go back because, like I said, there are people who were talking so much trash on the Dolphins the last week, and normally we would put them on the list. But I want to, I want to get this out of the way because a lot of these people are already on the list. So I kind of want to go back and talk about the comments. Now you heard the fake Gucci bag comment I made, Colin Cowherd. It's now, it's now getting ridiculous how much he goes out of his way to hate the Dolphins. But he was talking about the Cowboys were going to roll over us, how they had a great pass for us, they were blowing people out, how their quarterback was making all the right plays, how they had a great running game. Gee, it sounds like I'm talking about the Dolphins, um, but we all know that. And then today on his show, when he has a chance to own up to it, what's he say? Oh, Dolphins actually beat the Cowboys. Big whoop. Dude, just own up to the bad take.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a common thing we've seen throughout the year people just kind of double down on what they say about the dolphins but the truth is we're 11 and four um you last week um or two weeks ago we able to say uh, that we had finally lost to a bad team but i think this week you could say we finally beat a good team um i think there's no doubt about it i think the you can't say oh the dallas cowboys played terrible no uh, they had a lot of motivation coming off that loss to buffalo um and they came in um, looking to win. C.D. Lamb had an unbelievable game. He was great to watch in person. Um, but the Dolphins gritted out a victory. Um, and I think that's got to say something for all the hate they're getting, even already this week.
0: Yep. So you're you're mentioning C.D. Lamb. I just want to bring this up real quick. Go in the first half, he had four, four catches for over 90 yards and a touchdown, and then two the rest of the game. He did finish with six catches, 118 yards. The big complaint, and I'm sure you saw it live there, but the big complaint on social media, in our Discord, anywhere you go, was CD Lamb's in the slot. Why are we not putting either X or Jalen Ramsey in the slot? What adjustments did you notice on CD Lamb in the first half?
1: Um, well, I think it's a big part of what you were talking about. I think that uh, they finally put Ramsey on him a little more. Um, and and they made it more difficult for him to get the ball. I I think he was still getting looks. I also think the pass rush improved, um, which made it more difficult for Dak to get the ball to him um, as quickly as they wanted. So I think the defense just turned up the pressure um, and put Ramsey on him more. I know we were sitting at the seats looking at each other saying, I don't don't understand why um, Ramsey's not on him. So um, I think it took Fangio a little bit to get into the game, but um, good for him to adjust it and kind of settle in and i mean you limited a really good offense to 20 points so yep. you can't be too overly angry about that and, and just it, it also they also sorry to cut you off on that note i mean tony pollard who tony pollard's a very good running back in this league he's seventh in carries eighth in yards uh in the nfl right now and you held him to 12 carries for 38 yards um so i think they kind of lived with what they were getting and sometimes that means giving up Uh, plays the CD, but at the end of the day, they, um, I think, adjusted very well um, and had an overall good game plan. Yep,
0: and just to go off with that, back to the first drive, Dallas started going down the field uh, pretty easily with us with the first drive. I think they they converted at least one fourth down. There may have been two, Uh, but the first big play came from one Deshaun Elliott where it looked like uh, Tony Pollard had a walk-in touchdown and he kept him out of the end zone, and then the very next play, Dallas for whatever reason decides they are going to hand the ball off to their secret weapon undrafted free agent fullback out of North Dakota State Hunter Lupke and it was a mishandled snap a fumble and a Dolphins takeover Uh, Jordan what was the reaction and what was the environment like on the at the stadium while that was going down
1: so it's funny the moments before the fumble obviously it was all right they went right down the field like I'm excited to see the Dolphins' offense. We're going to get right on the field. We're going to go down the field and score. Um, then the fumble happened, and you just you felt like, oh wow, we can do this. It was a big momentum shift. And I think after the Tennessee game, a lot of Dolphin fans, um, have been nervous to get excited. And I think after that moment right there, you saw a lot of people get excited uh, and get ready to go, and and it hyped us up. Um, and w- was ready to. I say, okay, we can beat a good team, and that's what ended up happening.
0: Okay, and really quick, right out of the uh, out of that fumble, it looked like we were going to get an immediate ninety-plus-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Fortunately, it looked like he dropped it; may have lost the ball in the air. Get into a third down. Believe it was third and eight. Looks like we might be having a short drive. Of course, this game, we had. Four backup offensive linemen starting. Austin Jackson, of course, was on the bench. And the one thing Mike McDaniel does is he's always aggressive. Third and eight from right in our own end zone, battling a safety. 50-yard bomb to Jalen Waddle.
1: Yeah, that was a great ball. Um, It was an unreal throw by Tua. Uh, and, and he put it where it needed to be, especially coming right off uh, the last play that I believe he threw a perfect ball to Tyreek that went right through Tyreek's hand. Um, It would have been very easy. Um, for two to on that next play, sulk it and make a bad play, make a safe play, pump the ball. But he went right back to Waddle. Big time throw, big time player.
0: Yep. And then we kind of got going. I, unfortunately, it looks like Robbie Chosen, who had a nice catch, got a concussion. Don't know what it looked like on a stadium for you, but he, his head bounced off the, uh, the ground twice real quick. So he's probably done for a little bit. We ended up with a field goal. Next play, like we just talked about, was the CD Lamb or next drive was the CD Lamb drive drive for Dallas. Couple big catches, fifty-plus yard touchdown. And then in the next Dolphins drive, we drove down the field. Some good play calling, but Mike McDaniel called out the the uh, bad play calling against Tennessee, where he did a goal line fade, fourth and fourth down from the five or six yard line. He calls another fade, doesn't get it. Turnover on downs. What were your thoughts after that play? Was it a, oh, here, we're going to go again. We're going to, the bad Mike McDaniel showing up, or was there a confidence with you, the people around you? Again, just trying to get into the mindset of what was going on at the stadium at that point.
1: So at at that point, I mean, it's funny because we all looked at each other. We're like, I thought he was done with these goal line fades. I thought we were moving past that. I thought he said uh, on hard knocks, everybody heard, oh, that was a stupid play. That was a bad play. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. And it was almost immediately like, wow, you didn't learn from your mistake. Um, I thought McDaniel made a lot of great calls in that game. Um, I thought there were a number of really good play calls, especially on that last drive um, to get you down the field. But that was one of the few that you were like, all right. And I, but I think, credit to McDaniel, I think he notices that about himself. Um, and I think he's young. And I think as he moves forward, I think this is only going to be a learning lesson that makes him better and better and better as time goes on.
0: Yeah. And in fairness, from what it looked like, it looked like Cedric Wilson did catch it. He just didn't have the room to get his feet down. And of course, we have Dallas, Give Dallas Long Field. Looks like we have him stop early, but pretty bad. Roughing the passer came on Christian Wilkins. Now, I'm going to say this as well. I didn't think the roughing the passer they called on Micah Parsons was a roughing the passer either later in the game, but my mindset was if if you're going to call the one you did on Wilkins where Dak Prescott's literally grabbed Wilkins and pulled him down with him, you got to call the one on Parsons too.
1: Yeah. I think all we ask for is consistency. Like, I don't think that that's too much to ask And there it was definitely a little inconsistent. Um, so you would like to see it, but I think overall, I don't think the officiating was terrible. Um, I just think it was, um, you could have hoped uh, in certain situations it was better for us.
0: Of course, the thing I learned as well, that Micah Parsons roughing the passer, you know that was the first roughing the passer called against Tua this year?
1: Yeah, I saw that yesterday and found it ridiculously hard to believe until I looked it up. That's nuts. That's a nuts stat that there has not been a single roughing the passer against Tua. You know how hard no. that is to do in this league?
0: Yeah, no, no. A lot of that is credit to the Tua, credit to the play calling, credit to the offensive line too for him not getting many hits. But you still think with how how ticky tacky they are with the uh, roughing the passer that there'd be more than one against them, especially, and I hate to bring this up, especially with his concussions from last year, you'd think they'd be wanting to protect him a little bit more.
1: Oh, I totally agree. I think that that is, um, an oversight that I would like to see. Um, I I would like to see the numbers. Um, maybe Mr. S behind the scenes can go find this for us. Um, maybe go find how many times he's gotten hit. Like what are, what are the hits to uh, the amount of calls like compared to a guy like, let's say, uh, Trevor Lawrence? How many times Trevor Lawrence gets hit versus how many rough-in-the-passer calls there are? So I feel like you see him every week, but I think there's also a chance that it's not as bad as we think.
0: Yeah. Now, of course, around around the the- passionately-
1: for, for the most part, it has been relatively protected.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I saw some people say... But- and just just to clean up that drive, after the roughing the pass, we did get the, uh, we did force Dallas to punt, so that didn't hurt us ultimately, and we got a good, we got good for field position. But just to go to Tua, I've heard so many people say this is a weird game for Tua. And it was because I don't think it was bad. I actually think he made some, quite a few big boy throws. The weird one is that there were some easy throws he missed. But again, we're, I feel like we nitpick with Tua a lot, and I think a lot of people do that too. You're always going to see people see quarterbacks miss easy throws but it was just weird cuz it seemed like he missed more easy throws than normal but then i saw so many wow throws that i'm like it just goes back that especially after last night you got to throw Tua back into the mvp race don't you
1: oh for sure after what you saw last night um i think he is an mvp candidate um i think probably i haven't looked um so i'll ad lib a little bit while i look but i assume lamar jackson's the favorite
0: lamar jackson's um, the favorite still yep uh did Purdy drop further than two he's number three
1: Who, who's number two Mahomes Tua?
0: uh Christian McCaffrey's two and oh. Tua is four
1: so like I, I think it would take the Dolphins winning out that's what it would take um and if the Dolphins went out then I could see Tua winning it um but if not I think if the Ravens beat the Dolphins I think it goes to Lamar. Um if the Bills if the Bills find a way to get in the playoffs um and w- and win out and beat the Dolphins and win the division, I think you could even see it going to Josh Allen the way the media talks.
0: Yeah, and Josh Allen to his credit does have over 40 touchdowns this year. So, you know, I think Buffalo's a little too reliant on him, but credit to him especially if they make it it's it's basically him carrying the team going Superman. But anyway, back to the Dolphins. The next drive, I believe, is our – was the next drive the touchdown or was it the field goal? Uh, the second, It was the second 50-yard field goal because uh, the first two drives were both 50-plus-yard field goals for Jason Sanders, correct?
1: I, I believe so.
0: Okay. So I want to skip ahead to the, to the touchdown drive then because the, the play that we scored a touchdown on, we talk about the negative with McDaniel with some of his play calls – That touchdown to Mostert was one of the cheekiest play calls you'll see. Trips to the right, moves Mostert over there too, has everybody going to the right, but then last second, you slip Mostert, have him go the reverse way for a screen. That felt like it would be an insanely long developing play, but they got it out quick, and Mostert walked in for an easy touchdown.
1: That was an unbelievable play call. Unbelievable play call. A plus McDaniel probably the best call of the game you knew he had that in his pocket and you know when he called that he knew it was going to work
0: yeah no and it was great and most had even almost dropped a one handed and fell into the end zone but just a great play call and then for the most of the rest of the game it was a it was a surprise to most people maybe it was a surprisingly defensive battle um our boy Andrew Van Ginkle ended up having himself a game
1: Ben Andrew, Andrew
0: ben Ginkle. Ginkle. So he had a sack. He had a one and a half sacks. I saw. I forget what the exact stat is, but he, I believe it's him, T.J. Watt, and I forget the other player. But there's only three players in the NFL that have over four sacks, over eight pass defended, and an interception, and he's one of the three. So he's That's having cool. a ridiculous year. He won 35 percent of his snaps uh, rushing the passer yesterday. One of the smartest players you'll see. Again, I don't think people realize how insanely athletic he is. He's one of the he is one of the three, four players I think that we've had get over 22 or 20 miles an hour on uh, scoring plays. Of course, with his pick six a couple weeks ago, almost had another pick six uh, on Sunday, but he hasn't missed a beat. And of course, at the other end of the spectrum. Bradley Chubb another one and a half sacks as well. He is now the first Miami Dolphin since Cameron Wake in twenty seventeen to get double digit sacks. Doesn't seem like that long ago people were saying, why did we trade a first round pick for Bradley Chubb?
1: I was saying that. Um and I think that I it was easier to say that before um Jalen Phillips got hurt. Um because you also had Cue to music. Andrew Van Ginkle. Um, Van Ginkle. A- Andrew Van Ginkle. Andrew So you had him, um, and he wasn't able to get playing time. And I think now that he's able to get playing time, um, you really see a lot clearer um, how well Chubb can play because they complement each other well on opposite sides. So I, I think that the reason somebody like me was questioning Chubb is the ability to get Van Ginkle more playing time. Um, but he's been unbelievable down the stretch so far. And if we're going to win a Super Bowl, he needs to be unworldly. He needs to be like an astronaut.
0: Yeah. He's been ever since that's that dumb penalty he got against the Titans, AKA the game we don't discuss anymore. He's been on blockable last couple of weeks. He should have had more than a, a one and a half sacks against Dallas. He was always getting by him. His sack came at a big, big moment. It was what first and goal, and he caused a f- ten yard loss off of a, off of a play action. That's what you trade for. He's looking like the guy many people thought he would be out of North Carolina State. Glad to see it. And of course, Wilkins and Seeler continue to just be pains in the asses for every offensive line they play. Good old salt and pepper.
1: Yeah, it's really been great to see. So, um, in order for us to win. Like I said, our defense needs to play um, at a very, very high level um, and, and needs to be the best unit on the team, and the offense needs to be able to complement the defense. That's what they mean when they say defense wins championships, that you win the championship with your defense, but your offense needs to be good enough to complement it.
0: Yep, and uh, just to go along with that, on Dallas's last touchdown drive to take the lead, so going to go to you in a second, Jordan, but Watching that, my first thought process is, okay. Dallas is is paper cutting us, they're dinking and dunking. We're getting some ticky tacky fouls. They created a they got a they converted a fourth down to CeeDee Lamb, which many on the Twitterverse are saying was an illegal formation. I'm not gonna claim one way or the other. We get another stop on fourth down and they call a holding play. Sacked by Bradley Chubb, get backed up, third down. The one guy we want, Jalen Ramsey covering someone on the other team, he gets the third receiver for Dallas, Brandon Cooks. Just a great throw. Touchdown. I'm momentarily deflated, but I'm looking at that and I'm like, well, we support Tua. These are the moments. We, we got Tyreek Hill. We got Jalen Waddle. although Waddle at this point was hurt with a high ankle sprain. And I'm like, these are the moments you want to see this high-power offense come up in the clutch. We've been waiting for it. We've seen it at times. We saw it at times last year. We saw it against Baltimore with the comeback last year. We saw it against LA chargers earlier. It's like, this is the time we're doing it. I was fairly confident. What was, what was your mood after the touchdown Jordan? And then on a scale of one to 10, how confident were you with the dolphins getting the ball with about three minutes left in the game? So
1: when the dolphins got the ball with three minutes left in the game, I'll start there. Um, I was very confident, but I was more excited uh, because it was more so, all right, big game, big moment for Tua. um, And I was just really happy to see that. The touchdown was just a great throw. Um, Big players make big plays. Dak made a big throw in a big moment, um, a moment they needed it. He found Brandon Cooks. um, And that, I mean, Cooks has been quiet, um, but he's made some big plays for Dallas this year. So, Um, That was a great play, an unbelievable throw. But when the Dolphins got the ball back, it was, yes, like this is the moment we've all been waiting for. This is Tua's moment. This is McDaniel's moment. Uh, This is an opportunity uh, to show that these guys can do it on a big stage, Um, and they absolutely did it. They got the team into field goal range. McDaniel had a great mix of run plays, of pass plays. I mean, we got down there, and... Jason Sanders did something. And let me, let me say one thing because I want to stop it right there because I want to take a victory lap, okay? I, I want to take two victory laps. First of all, because you touched on it before, I did say that Baltimore was going to beat San Francisco. So I'll take a victory lap there. But the victory lap I want to take is that before the season in our preseason show, I said one of the X factors of the season. First of all, I said Alec Ingold, which has shown to be so true. The other he's name probably, I say was...
0: He's probably one, the third most important player in our offense, in my opinion. After yeah, Tula and I Tyrese. told
1: you that before the season. and But yep. people talk shit to me because I said a fullback was most important. Anyways, the other guy I said was Jason Sanders. And you know what? For all the shit we talk about, Jason Sanders, Jason Sanders was money this past weekend. And, he was, and I saw people post it on Instagram and on Twitter, use this as an apology post um, for Sanders uh sanders deserves it um and i hope uh jason sanders continues to be money the rest of the season i um, mean kicking in the nfl is a lot on confidence um and i hope that this gave uh sanders the confidence he needs to the rest of the season
0: yeah i know the first two were both over 50 was it because he was five for I think five it was, was it three over
1: 50 it or was five,
0: and three over, over 50. 50. That's what I was going to ask if it was three or two. Yeah. And we've talked about it. Jason Sanders are funny enough under Flores was money. Like as, as soon as you got into within 60 yards for a couple of years, I was like, okay, Sanders is making this.
1: Here Last are the year, kicks in, in order. Uh, first quarter, fifty-seven, second quarter, 52. Third quarter, 54 and 35. Fourth quarter, 29. Yep. So, that's 575254 uh
0: 3529. Yep. Yep, but what I was what I was saying was under flow, I would have said Jason Sanders was the second best kicker behind Justin Tucker. Last year and maybe the year before that, it was well, he's not going to hit it from 50. He might not even get close to when we get to 40, which is never a good thing for the kick. I can understand being a little bit iffy from 50. But once you get into once 40, it's like, eh, I don't know if we're in his range. So this was a statement game. Like you said, this was a statement game for Jason Sanders. It makes his contract worth it because he clinched a playoff spot. He put us one step closer to clinching the division. And he, like I said, he came up in the clutch. So I will take this moment, like everybody said, to apologize to Jason Sanders. Looking at the cap situation, this is probably your last year with the Dolphins. But I'm glad you gave us a moment like this with that with that game, and to back to the offensive drive. That was probably the best play uh, play calling I've seen from Mike McDaniel's in a drive, and probably the small. I keep saying this; I feel like every week the smartest drive Tua had as quarterback. Not his best drive. He's had bigger plays, but I feel like knowing the situation, knowing where he has to go, knowing that we have four backup offensive linemen in the game. He did what he had to do. He got it to the open man, but he also killed the clock. And I will say, I was worried about one thing. It wasn't that we weren't going to score. It was that we were going to score too quickly.
1: Yeah. I think that you saw exactly what you want to see from Tua. And in this generation that we live in, um, where everything is the highlight play, the big moment, the TikTok, the, I almost just said the vine, the, um, (laughs) the, uh, the instagram reel like whatever the the videos that that go viral are the big plays um but that's not necessarily what wins and that's why there were guys when brady other than that year with moss brady was relatively seen as a boring quarterback because of the way he kind of was just cerebral and that's what you saw from two on that last drive i saw cerebral i saw every motion was with purpose um, I saw that from McDaniel, and I saw that from Tua. Um, and that gives me a lot of confidence going into the playoff stretch.
0: Yep. And um, I don't know if you have anybody else you want to shout out in the game. I've got a couple people. Shout out to Durham Smythe. We've been talking about how we need a tight end in the middle of the field. Five catches, 56 yards. It looked like he was getting open. Although it was kind of funny. There was one play where Tua fumbled the snap, picked it up, and found Smythe. PFF considered that a turnover-worthy play, not because of the fumble, but because of the throw, which doesn't make sense to me um hats off to jeff wilson who barely got any time and he was the running back who iced the game got some big runs dallas knew we were going to run it to kill the clock and he got what an eight yard run he got the first down so hats off to him and someone who well two more players on defense um that i'd like to shout out brandon jones who had a rough start uh for hall Ho- for filling in for holland injured a couple teammates. He looked rough earlier in the year. I forget which game it was. But he's become really solid. He's just around the ball all the time like he like the Brandon Jones we knew, the one that you and I thought would be a breakout player this year. But also Duke Riley, he doesn't he doesn't flash with big plays like you may want, and he is a bit of a liability in the passing game. But Duke Riley is just a solid solid linebacker. And while Jerome Baker may have more big playability. I feel like Riley has limited a lot of the mistakes we've seen on the linebacker core before Baker's injury to the point where, and this is no disrespect to Baker, that I wonder if Jerome Baker is able to come back if we keep rolling with Duke Riley.
1: Um, I think we definitely have Duke Riley in the mix. And I think Baker, when he plays on a short leash, Duke Riley has been unbelievable. Um, The one, and you had a really good list, the one I'll touch on on each side is Duke Riley and Jeff Wilson. Um, I think they found their spots and found their ways um, to make winning plays to help us win. But yep. I don't want to keep talking about Jerome Baker because I know we have people in our server that love Jerome Baker. Um, I'll just say that Duke Riley and I've been a Duke Riley hater the whole time, mm-hmm. but I think he's played well enough uh, to earn his keep.
0: Also shout out to the offensive line as whole. Well. It's not perfect. I wouldn't even say it's been good, but to give only one sack up to that Dallas defense. I'm not complaining. Like, sure. No, would, I, complaining. would I like Lester Cotton not to be in the team? And I called him a potential breakout player. Not a good call on my end. No, I would not want I don't want him starting, but he did good. Do I think Robert Jones has struggled? Yeah, but he was our uh, fourth highest rated offensive player. Third was Robbie Chosen, but Chosen only had five snaps. So we'll say Robert Jones was the third highest rated player on offense. So he stepped up. Leah Meichenberg, I'd still rather not have him at center, but he's come a long way from that Buffalo game.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that um, if you go into a game with a team with an elite defense and you come out saying, all right, our offensive line wasn't half bad, I, I think that that's um, a great thing. You touched on it. We had, f- what, four backups? Is that what it was? Yep four backups and one sack given up. Um, and we were allowed, we were able to have a game winning drive when we weren't necessarily going a hundred percent snail slow. I think we had to move it a, a couple points. points. Um, I think they handled it very well. It wasn't something you noticed. Um, and it wasn't something that was a lingering problem. Like it's been in the past.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If anything with the offense, the only thing you complain about is five field goals and one touchdown, but in some ways, it's. I think we had to prove we could win a game like this. We had to prove. It,
1: like it should you have been 6 put,
0: Yeah, it should have been. It's,
1: it should have been six because realistically. So it's funny, and this is. I, I meant to talk about this earlier. I so we got stopped on third down at like the six. I got up and went to the bathroom. I figured, all right, we're kicking a field goal. There's a perfect moment to get to the bathroom, get a beer, come back to the seats, and I come out of the bathroom and I see it zero zero, and that we went for it. I mean, that's a moment in a big game. I talked about earlier in the year. Um, I'm all about taking the points. I'm all about taking the points, take the points, take the points, take the points, especially early in the game. Um, and I think that that's a moment where, re- which it would have changed a lot of things because there would have been moments where Dallas would have had to go for it. Um, and they kind of were able to play it a little safer because the game was in a different stance. Um but that's a moment, I think, from the six-yard line, I believe it was, even if it was the four, where McDaniel should have definitely taken the points.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't like that. And funny enough, marcel Luis Jacques said afterwards that uh, advanced statistics favored going for the touchdown by 2%. I agree. I was Just take the points that early. Don't be chasing, um, especially against that offense. I believe that was the number one and number two offense in the leagues playing yesterday. And both defenses... Uh, played really well. like That was honestly like, and I'm glad we didn't lose. I, I think I would have been more frustrated if we lost because that was probably the most complete game. I think I've seen us play.
1: Oh, I would have been really frustrated had we lost. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. So anything else you want? want I would have been very,
1: line? very angry if we lost. Sorry. You got me on a little tangent there. Uh, no problem. Um, No, I, I think we covered it. I think, I think we're good. Um, it was nice to see Kansas City lose yesterday. Again, um, they're really falling apart, um, and the AFC playoff structure is about to is really starting to take form. And the craziest part is that it it kind of revolves around Joe Flacco a little bit at the moment.
0: That it does. Um, talking about the Kansas City game, seeing them play, seeing them really play ever since us. Because you all, I saw someone say this on Twitter yesterday. We keep acting. Like the Chiefs are just gonna turn it or on and become the Chiefs, and it's just not happening. And every week I get more and more pissed off that we didn't beat them in Germany. We were the better team that game.
1: Yeah, I'm mad about that. I'm mad about the Tennessee game. And it's funny when you're in a season where you only have a couple um losses and you're angry about them. Like it's we've yeah. never had a season like this before.
0: Yeah. I said this the other day after the game after the game, I was like, okay, the Buffalo loss sucked, but it was that was the one where I'm like, okay, injuries came. Injuries hurt us. Liam Eikenberg had statistically one of the worst games as a center ever. Like, there's no, there's no way around it. We had a podcast dedicated to, uh, to talking about that. It's what eventually led to Larry coming on and defending Liam. Um, the Eagles game, I was just so mad at the refs. I'm not saying we would have beaten Eagles, but the refs were so bad, I couldn't see any way around it. Chiefs game, I was just mad because we beat ourselves. And then the one that really pissed me off, like I said, Tennessee, because we clearly took our foot off the, our foot off the glass. So this one would have been the one where it's like, I'm mad because it's the most complete game we saw. But again, it goes back to it. we're starting to play our best, aside from one game, late in the season, and I don't think I've ever been able to say that as a Dolphins fan.
1: No, not at all. And it's it's interesting to see. It's great to see. It's it's a lot of things. And and but um Again, going, when we start talking about the Baltimore game later in the week, um, I, I think it's going to be a, um, an interesting setup because if you look, I, I saw a tweet a little while ago, I forgot who said it, um, where if the Dolphins are going to win the Super Bowl and, the, and they're going to have the best case scenario, they're going to beat Baltimore, they're going to beat Buffalo, they're going to have a bye, and then they're going to play Buffalo, and then they're going to play Baltimore. So we're, we're entering a stretch here where it could go a number of different ways. And we have to be at our best every week from now until the end of the year uh, to win a Super Bowl. Yep.
0: And I think we will be we don't want to jinx ourselves, but we will talk about the Baltimore game. Uh, there is a small chance if someone comes through to me through for me, I might be hitting that game up on New Year's Eve. But that's a very... I'm saying that's about a 10-15% chance of happening. But I will let everybody know if I do end up doing that, because that would be a lot of fun. Sorry I couldn't make the the Washington game, but Baltimore is a little easier for me to make. Uh, but we'll see how, um, how that goes. Um, but... Yeah, no, it's going to be exciting. I do think we match up well with Baltimore. I am a little worried about the game, but I do think we do match up really well, especially if Kyle Hamilton's out, because he did they did say he was doubtful to come back in last night. But I think it's a lot closer than people, including uh, the PF, uh, the PFT, or pro, yeah, PFT uh, Twitter page saying that it's clear the Ravens are going to kick the shit out of the Dolphins. Um, I don't think that's
1: the Good. case. Good, because that's the same things they were all saying about the 49ers and the Ravens, which is why I said the Ravens were going to be overly motivated going into that game. And they were. And I expect a Dolphins team that's going to go into Baltimore very, very, very motivated to play. Yep.
0: And on to that later on in the week. As everybody, as people may or may not know or remember, I will be live on location with Zach Jackson. So we'll be getting to hear us both uh, later in the week. But I think it's time for us to put someone on the list, maybe multiple people. Uh, Jordan, I don't know if you have anybody on the list, but Mr. S has been begging me to put one, their Royal Majesty, Queen Adam Beasley, on the list. As some people may or not know, Adam Beasley was a longtime Dolphin beat writer. He was one of the ones that really pushed the narrative that Tua was holding Brian Flores' team's back and that we needed to trade for Deshaun Watson. He left the, uh, I think he was with the Miami Herald, but he left his job as beat writer to go to an upstart website, which I don't even remember the name of. And uh, that just tells you how that move has gone. And I'm actually going to get that real quick because it's going to bug me otherwise. And uh, it's at Pro Football Network, so PFN which was ironically started by a bunch of Dolphin fans, but you wouldn't know that by their writing staff. Um, But Adam Beasley has long been one of the people pushing the Tua is garbage narrative. And why is he going on this list? Because now he is trying to act like nothing happened. Like he was never a Tua hater. Like he never talked trash in the Dolphins. Like he never talked trash to Mike Mike McDaniel, because he was, again, someone who last year, and I vividly remember this after talking to Mr. S., came out and said Mike Mc, firing Brian Flores to hire Mike McDaniel showed why the Miami Dolphins were a laughingstock organization. Just like drafting Justin Herbert uh, to a tongue of a, low of a Justin Herbert showed why we were a laughingstock organization. Trying to act like that didn't happen. All we ask here at the list is if you have a bad take, you just own it. Mr. S wanted me to put Adam Shine yeah, Mr. S wanted me to put Adam Shine on the list because he ripped into Tua last week for Tua saying he kept her seats. Well, I listened to Adam Shine; He's one of my favorite radio hosts. Very funny, very... Holds teams accountable. He holds himself accountable too because he came out today and he said he was wrong about trashing Tua and he was happy to see Tua and the Dolphins get a win. So Adam Shine was a bigger man and owned up to that. People like Adam Beasley people like Chris Sims, who I don't think we've put on the list, but we can at some point because that's another idiot, like Mike Florio, like Armando Beasley, like Omar Kelly, like list member and Jordan's favorite name, Elaine Pooper. Everybody wants to act like they didn't have a bad takes. Just own up to it. But it's okay, Adam. It's okay. Yeah, just own up to it. And Adam, I know you miss your fellow beat writers in Miami. But you can join some of them on the list. So welcome, my friend.
1: Welcome to the list.
0: Anybody you want to add, or is that a uh,
1: No, that it? we're leaving it. We're leaving it to one this week. Um, I don't want to give uh, those guys any more of my energy than they need. Um that's it's just I'm sick of the I'm sick that we have to do this every week and that we have enough people hating to uh, um, that we need to add somebody to the week list every week i wish we could put colin cowherd on a second time um but i was told we can't um but i would definitely love to do that because he's a bum too um and yeah. I, i'm sick of i'm sick of all this bullshit i think that two is a great quarterback and i wish that we could talk about two in the same light that we talk about a lot of these other quarterbacks
0: yep speaking of Colin we didn't mention it earlier even after beating the dolphins on Colin cowherd's top 10 teams he still has miami at seven behind the cowboys and other teams too and it's like why and he's just saying he just doesn't he just doesn't think we're a physical team which tells me he's not watching us play
1: correct I would say one of the great things about the Dolphins uh, this year compared to years past I think we're a very physical team
0: yeah I agree listening to him and other people talk about how we're a finesse team it makes me think they stopped watching us after the Joe Philbin era after the Adam Gase era Exactly. Those were two. Those were two finesse teams. But this is a festive time. We want to get back in a good mood. Just want to let everybody know on listpodcast dot com. I did talk about it last week. I will have this week my article comparing LSU Heisman Trophy winner Jaden Daniels to former LSU quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrows. See how they compare. See where I think Jaden Daniels should go in the draft. If he is a blue chip prospect, if he's just a flash in the pan, that will be up probably Thursday, if not tomorrow evening. Uh, Jordan, do you have anything coming up this week? I know you are getting ready to go on a lovely vacation soon. So,
1: Yeah, I'm going to be going on vacation, but I'm definitely going to get up um, our handy-dandy AI article this week, um, along with uh, a little bit of a coaching preview um but you'll see that pop up on listpodcast.com uh, at some point later in the week
0: Yep. and of course we'll we'll mention this later in the week but be on the lookout for Mr. S's picks still a little still under 500 I believe because I haven't gotten his update and since I don't have his updated record I'm still going to point out that he started the season off 0 and 6 but what he I will also point out and he what I also will point out is Sebastian, King Seb, Discord dog extraordinaire, is by far the also the king of picks as he only has two losses. He correctly picked the Dolphins to win. His picks will be up as well. Look for them both on Twitter and on listpodcast.com. But there's a lot coming up and a lot more as, the new, as we welcome in the new year.
1: Yeah, it's going to be exciting and it's really a great time. Uh, to be a Dolphins fan, I um, and to be a part of this Dolphins community.
0: Yep. Can't wait. It's exciting. And we are getting closer to the playoffs, boys and girls. Next step, lock up the division. Hopefully lock up the one seed. Get excited. Keep the, keep the top energy going. But that's it for tonight. I got to be up in about seven hours to start my drive to South Carolina. For Jordan, for Zach, and for Mr. S, who I know is listening, waiting to tell us to fuck off for mentioning his record again. This is the list. And remember, we are watching Zach Hit That Music. Before I do this first, now hit that music,
1: Zach.